This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Welcome to our show. <laughs> hey, it's good to be here. Yeah. Nice to meet you. And what is your name? My name is Max Perry. Max Perry. All right. What is your uh, your role in the line dance community? Um, I'm one of the people that invented modern day line dancing. Really? So, yeah. So I used to... I've been teaching... Um, this coming May will make 40 years that I've been teaching. Holy cow. And I was doing country dancing. Because um, I, I, my background is ballroom, but I was doing country dancing back in the early 80s. And I did promotions for the film Urban Cowboy, originally. And so... Um, I later, you know, years later, left the ballroom world and, and wanted to do line dancing because it always appealed to me. And I started teaching country nightclubs in northern Kentucky in the Cincinnati area. And um, I got this idea, and I talked it over with a couple of other dance professionals at the time that, let's see, you know, what we could make line dancing do, you know, because Aki Breaky had just come out, and I was doing promotional choreography for uh, different record labels in Nashville and artists such as Billy Dean and Laurie White, some of the new artists for Liberty Records. I did a project for George Strait for, uh, and Wrangler Jeans for the Check Yes or No uh, song way back when. So I did the choreography that and used to be in Country Weekly magazine all the time. So, um, but myself and some other dance professionals said, you know, let's see what we can do with, um, with the line dancing and let's start to infuse some ballroom uh, and Latin technique into it and see how far it can go. And then, um, and then a little while later, Swamp Thing was born. So it was danced to a techno uh, beat that had a banjo in it. So I said, well, maybe the clubs could get away with playing it because it sounds country. Um, and sure enough, they did, and it really took off. I also worked with artists. Um, I got Scooter Lee started. Um, I had found an obscure song that she had done that I loved the nightlife, and I thought it was kind of campy, you know. It was a, a disco song sung country style. And so I actually uh, called her, and we started talking, and I talked to her about and taught her how to phrase music for dancers so that there were no extra counts left over. So I kind of started uh, her in the dance world like that and introduced her to Joe Thompson and some other people. So my role goes back almost, you know, really to the beginning of modern day line dancing. So you're like the godfather of line Yeah, yeah. So right. I'm the godfather of dance. Nice. So. Okay. And, well, I guess this kind of answers this next question. Mm-hmm. Would you consider the role that you have taken on to be part of your identity at this point, or has it just kind of been a long hobby? No, it's, it's part of my identity. I'm known, uh, even though I have a ballroom background, I'm known as a, a line dance choreographer. I've had to reinvent myself several times over the years, and um, and actually, uh, you know, I've just um, uh, written a, a book on, and it's on Amazon. It's also on Kick It, but it's how to line dance on a hoverboard. Oh wow! And so um, I'm doing choreography for hoverboard now huh. as well. Interesting. <laughs> so, I never would have imagined. You're going to see some of it this weekend. Oh so. gosh. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing that. Yeah, it's just kind of baby dances, but it'll show people that, you know, what you can do on a hoverboard. Well, how have so. you, I mean, that's an example right there, but how have you seen line dance change since you started to what it's become now? And also, along with that, how have you changed? Um, God, I don't know that I, well, yeah, maybe I've changed a little bit. Um, I used to get caught up in that trying to choreograph for other every everybody else, like trying to, trying to, to figure out what, I think everybody else would want to do. And so um, 
I don't know, that just caused problems later. I'm, I'm to the point where I'm a lot more mellow. It's like, I don't care if they do my dance or not. I'm having fun. I'm doing the choreography for myself. And so, you know, it totally doesn't bother me if they don't like it and they don't do it. I'm just, I'm kind of having more fun with it myself. I'm not choreographing to please other people or trying to choreograph thinking that it's going to be a trend for what they do. Because every time I pick a pop song to, to, to dance to, um, you know, they're like, nobody wants to really do it because I'm older. They think like an old guy can't choreograph something that, that has a hip-hop feeling to it, even though I could. But that's where I'm, where I'm talking about. I get caught up with, if I try to choreograph to some piece of music like that, nobody will do it because I have no credibility with that younger audience. But, um, so I, just, I pick songs that I really like. So now, I like a lot of 60s and 70s music. I like a variety of everything. I like country, I like pop music, but I, I try to stay within like a certain genre now. And is there a personal style that you found to be consistent for your dancing and uh, chore choreography? Um, I try to make people look good on the floor. How do you do that? So, by um, picking movements and choreography that flows together where your body feels like it wants to do that movement. And so one movement flows into the next. There are no abrupt start, starts and stops. Um, and I always make the choreography fit the song. So it doesn't necessarily mean an A and a B and a C all the time. I, I go by, you know, you know the verse of the song. You know what a chorus is. And basically, if it follows those, those rules, because you know, I always tell them, if I had to worry about what wall you do part B on and what wall you do this, I'm not going to do it because I just don't remember it. I want to get lost in the song and have the routine fit the music instead of worrying and trying to think what wall is everything going to happen on so that's kind of my philosophy is so getting people to to do the movements that flow together what toolkit have you drawn from to generate new steps that fit well um the basically i mean it's the same grouping of steps just over and over again just following basic uh, dance principles a body I emotion tends to stay in motion you know, unless you act on another force. So if I'm starting to move in a certain direction, I've got to gradually slow down and apply the brakes before I change directions. And patterns that apply the brakes are rock steps. So I wouldn't just be like doing a shuffle forward and instantly try to move backward. I would shuffle forward and then do a rock step, which lets me change direction. So I use patterns that have a purpose. Did you have a background in dance that taught you about things like rock? Or did, was it just all as you were? Doing? No, it was uh, I. I was trained to be a ballroom dancer when I was 19. Before that, I was a child prodigy and taught and played music professionally from the age of 12. Wow! So I used to tour the country, and um, they would set me up, and I would play the organ and piano and and do shows like that since I was 12 years old. And I thought I would have a career in music. And I kind of went sideways. I was looking for a job as a music teacher. I was up in Detroit. I had left college. And I uh, answered an ad to be a dance instructor. I, don't know. I started off with the Fred Astaire Studios. And later I left and went to Arthur Murray's. And I became a staff trainer for Arthur Murray's. So I would help train um, teachers uh, for new franchises that would come up. So I worked for Arthur Murray's for about 16 years. So that was that's what prepared me. So I, had a, I have a really, really strong music background and a strong ballroom background. And as somebody who has uh, provided that kind of training, what do you think makes for an effective instructor? Um, an effective instructor is, is 
someone that can get their point across in as few words as possible. So um, the ability to tell picture stories and to inspire their class. Uh, and you have to have the ability to be liked. Those are some qualities of good instructors. So you have to have a pleasing personality, the ability to have other people like you, uh, the ability to explain the movements in as few steps as possible, uh, the ability to overcome problems and situations on the floor. So, because I said, you know, you could have a trained monkey go through the steps and have everybody imitate that. But that's only one of the ways we learn. So we learn through uh, demonstration, application, and imitation. So, um, so we go through those different stages when we learn. And with imitation, uh, have you found yourself influenced by other choreographer styles? Um, I have um, different choreographers where I, I admire their styles. And sometimes, I, I always used to tease like Michelle Perrone, for example, you know, because I would do one of her dances and I said, gee, I feel just like Michelle Perrone, which so there's some choreographers, when you do their steps, it has so much of their styling infused to the choreography. I feel like I'm them almost. I feel like I'm dancing just like them. I, it's just sort of a really cool feeling sometimes with certain choreographers. Where I, there, and there's other choreographers I really admire their styling, even though it's not something I feel like I would look good doing or doing justice to, but I, I enjoy watching the choreography. Uh, have so. there been any favorite choreographers for you over the years? Or favorite I like, dances? Um, I like Rob Fowler. He's one of my favorite um, choreographers. I used to teach his material all the time. Um, I didn't always teach my own stuff. I taught a lot of people's things. Um, and when, when the line dancing first started in England, I kind of helped start it over there and then brought Joe Thompson over there. And um, I set Line Dancer Magazine down the first uh, before the, they had their first issue. And we went page by page on how they should format it for line dancers. And I kept them supplied with dances for the first two years that the magazine, because there were no British choreographers, you know. And then Rob Fowler was always a, a couples dancer and he became a line dancer. But I like his choreography. I like his take on that. Um, as far as uh, like American choreography, um, uh, gosh, there's so, ma there's so many that I, that I admire. There's a lot of good ones. Um, I don't know that I have any real favorites. Are there dances that feel especially right for your body to do? Um, I like, yeah, like I said, I like I like anything with a Latin beat. I love a waltz. The, that is my specialty. Anything waltz related, I just love. So that's probably um, a good waltz. Any good waltz, I really enjoy that. I like a two-step, a two-step rhythm, quite a bit. Are there any dances that you just don't like, or styles of dance that you don't do? I don't do any of the hip-hop sounding things, you know, and I, I love Guyton's dances. I, I just, it's something I would never do. I mean, there's very few of them. I, it's just not my style. Or, you know, or any of the younger ones like, you know, Will, you know, Will Craig. I mean, there's a whole handful of them. Um, one of the new up-and-comers I really admire from France is that um, Guillaume Richard is his name. Um, and he's a, a performer from France and I, I really am impressed with his choreography and the way he dances. Um, but I've known all of these dancers. I judged them when they were little kids. So um, it's so funny to see them all about three feet taller than they were. But yeah, when, when, 
you know, we first brought line dancing to UCWDC and judged, I judged Pedro on the first one ever and Roy Verdonk and all these people that um, were uh, competing for the first time. But I remember when they were all kids, just about. What's your involvement been with Worlds? Um, I used to, I was a, used to judge Worlds and um, from the first time it was ever done in Anaheim, California. That's when Pedro competed and Roy competed. The group, from, the group from the Netherlands came over there, but um, I was involved with Worlds for, um, gosh, 10 or, 15, 10 or 15 years. So used to um, used to judge all the line dance competitions. Having seen so many dances uh, over time, are there any that you think really should have taken off more than they did? Um, no, I mean, there's many that could have taken off. Um, the problem with a lot of them is teachers don't work their dance enough. They'll do it. They'll choreograph a dance, and it's a good dance, but they don't teach it enough. And it just you know, they do one event after another, and the events sometimes are, are responsible. Where they always want a new dance from the choreographer, or they did a long time ago. They're getting away from that now. It's changing. Where they'll want somebody to bring back uh, an oldie, because if you you realize that every 18 to 24 months, there's a complete turnover in dancers. So every 18, every you know, almost two years. There's a whole different crowd that never saw you before, never learned that dance, and they forget that. And so there's some, so a lot, a lot of teachers' biggest mistake, and I've done it myself, where I, I've had a good dance, but I didn't teach it enough to really have it catch on. Because you know, you're always looking for the bigger and better, or the new song to choreograph to, when in fact you had the the best thing right under your nose and you never did anything with it. So, but I, I see that from a lot of choreographers today. Are there any that you've collaborated with? To create things together? <laughs> yeah, some of them I've like I've choreographed dances with Joe Thompson, uh, with Kathy Hanyati. There have been groups of us that have choreographed things together. How do you do that exactly? Um, it's hard. You you know almost have to be there together, but um, you play around with patterns and I mean it's it's hard to do long distance. You almost have to be in the same event and, and have some free time to choreograph because you can't say, Well, I'll do eight counts and then you add eight counts to it. Because <clears throat> it seems like it's um, it always creates a problem that way. Someone either like is a step hog, and you know picks the, <laughs> takes more counts than they should. It's better when you're just playing around at an event and you start putting patterns together and you create something when you're actually physically in the same room as that person. Do you have a process for when you're creating dances yourself? Well, the first thing I do is um, what I teach choreographers to do this is to chart the song, which means that you play the song. And you take a piece of lined paper or a legal pad, and you start writing down the beats. So you know every eight beats or six counts if it's a waltz. But you write, and I write an eight down, and then I continue down the page where I write every single count down that's in the song, I, and I label parts A's and part B's. What's the verse? What's the chorus? So when I'm done, I see what the structure of the song is, and I see what counts I have to work with so I know how many counts to make the dance. So I don't have to play the song 150 times, I can choreograph it and know that it's going to fit because I have it on paper. So that's called charting the song or charting the dance. Then after that I start playing around with combinations so the dance doesn't always get choreographed from the beginning. Sometimes I find a little hook or something clever that's in the chorus and then I build around it front and back <clears throat> to create the whole dance. So uh, but that's my process. And I'll find one or two good patterns. Sometimes the dances come together. I find I have to be in the right mood to do it. I can't just whip up a dance. And 
but you know I've been in the situation when I was used to work with the record labels that I would get like a really piece of crap song and I'd have <laughs> to you know I was being paid I had to choreograph to it so I'd try my best to find something that worked to it that I like to do but sometimes it's really hard when I have the pleasure of finding my own song I you know it comes a little easier sometimes but I have to be in the right frame of mind and then I do it all at once it can take several hours and sometimes it takes it can take several days because I'll get one thing done and then nothing else happens and I have to leave it and come back to it later yeah it sounds like you you work more intuitively <coughs> than analytically yeah yeah I do um, I find something that feels good or some book that I start to use I found all the successful line dances usually have a couple of qualities. They have a way to make noise. Ah. They also have a kick of some kind in them, hmm. or a hitch. Mm-hmm. And um, so, if you you know follow a few simple rules, um, the dances tend to be more successful. But they all have. So actually, the three things that are in all the successful dances are a way to make noise of some kind, or a clap, or a shout, or something, or a stomp. They all have a turn of some kind, and they all have a kick of some kind. So if you look back at all the, the most successful dances, they all have that formula. Mm-hmm. And even Rob Fowler tells me today, he follows that from that old article that I wrote. Uh, he puts all of those elements in his dances. Interesting. What other rules or principles have you discovered through the regular process of, of creating dances? Well, um, well, just actually, there's um, unspoken rules of line dancing. Feel free to okay. speak. <laughs> okay. The, uh, well, the, uh, these are the unspoken rules, mm-hmm. and they keep getting broken mm-hmm. today because I guess people they didn't speak them enough. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, here's the unspoken rules of line dancing. Um, if there's a dance choreographed to a song, find another song. All right. That's rule number one. Um, there are literally hundreds of thousands of songs out there. And you can't tell me that we need like 12 versions of Crash and Burn or 16 dances to that or 20 dances to um, something else. You know, so if you see, you know, all of the professional choreographers that there are, all the top ones, we always search several websites before we try to do um, a dance. Like which so ones? we'll look at Kick It, we'll look at Copper Knob, we'll look at Line Dancer Magazine. So if nobody's choreographed to that song, chances are it's a good song. Okay, every once in a while you choreograph something and don't realize at the same time someone has done it. So sometimes it happens. But um, the thing that used to irk me all the time, too, is like we don't need a beginner dance to everything. So, you know, if I, I, I don't know why it used to piss me off so bad, but if so, someone says, so, someone's said, well, oh, I took, you know, the song that you used and I, I created a beginner dance to it because yours is intermediate. And I'm like, well, don't do that you know why don't you you use your own imagination and do something else because not everything needs a beginner dance you know beginners can sit down every once in a while they don't have to be on the floor all the time you don't need to split the floor and um, there's so many other things to choose from why try to step on the back of somebody else and do that so if if you see that a dance has been choreographed the only exception would be if they're like so stupid that it's a really stupid rhythm that didn't even fit to that song to begin with then that's an exception to the rule but generally speaking as re- out of respect to other choreographers if you saw that they choreographed to it find another song 
And a lot of times, when you hear the song on the radio, it's too late. Don't choreograph to it. You know, chances are there's probably 12, 10 to 12 tracks on an album that, that's off of. And that's not the first single that's going to be released. So listen to the other tracks, and you'll be surprised because they're going to usually, several singles are released off the same album. So there's another song that's probably even better suited to your choreography that's on there that's not the obvious choice. So don't go for the obvious choice. And that's, then we won't have 20 dances to everything. And then, so that's the unspoken rule. The other unspoken rule in line dancing is you don't take somebody's choreography and put it in a book and sell it for money. Or put it in a video and sell it for money. It's okay, you know, to, to, to teach their dance. But, um, and even, you know, even if you put it on a video that you're giving away or put it on YouTube, that's fine. I'm not talking about that, but I'm, don't put it in a compilation that you're going to sell later. You know, you just do your own material and leave their stuff alone. So that's the other big unspoken rule about line dancing. So with, with YouTube now, would you say that applies to instructional videos that people might put ads on? Yes. Yeah, like don't do my dance and get paid for it. I have enough people stealing my stuff as it is. So I'm going to put my own dances. And I'd rather nobody I'd rather nobody put my dances on there but me because they never do them justice. So I, I don't want to see like some, you know, dumbass doing my dance out there where, you know, someone else would look at it thinking, God, what a crappy dance that is. And then just your because, name gets stuck to that. Just because somebody doesn't have any technique at all and they're trying to do it. Um... The other, uh, the other thing that bugs me is like, um, I know a lot of steps are the same in different dances, but don't take like 16 counts or more of one of my dances and say you're doing it as a tribute to me or to somebody else that's stealing my steps. You know, think of your own combinations. But again, some things are going to be, you know, going to do that. But I've had up to like, you know, 26 counts taken of a dance and put together in things. And then they thought it was clever to be, like one, one time there was a dance called Stealing the Best. They stole stuff from all of us choreographers and put it together and became a popular dance. And it's like, you know, if you, what would you have choreographed if you didn't have to steal somebody else's material? <clears throat> but what a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> nowadays is on Kick It website and uh, Line Dancer Magazine, um, because we had we had people from some people from Asia and different other countries would steal people's dances and put their own name on the on them just as the choreographer. The whole dance. The whole just, dance, entire wow. dance. And just and would change the track and put their own name on it. Incredible. And it was another choreographer's will. So anyway, uh, Peter Blaskowski that's uh, on on Kick It, it uh, developed Kick It, you know, was also a software engineer that he developed a program that could tell if you plagiarized somebody else's dance. And so it'll set up a red flag. And he shared the software with the other websites. So now if you submit a dance that you've stolen from somebody, um, it'll show up as a red flag and they can trace it back and have it removed. <clears throat> Excuse me. They could trace it back and have it removed. Uh, which they had to do that. They found one choreographer had stolen 300 dances on Kick It and put his own name on them. To try to make a name for himself over there, so people, his class would think that he choreographed 300 dances. 
I was going to say it just does him a disservice because they're going to expect him to create something he won't have the, the skills to do. But right. if he's just trying to get paying students, then right. that doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, with, you know, the way YouTube works with videos, if you're doing it to the music, you can't get paid for it anyway because the, the song is not your intellectual property. But if you go through a dance, yeah, you could, you know, without the music, you could. Yeah, I was thinking uh, it would be interesting if there were a line dance channel where the background music was just some guy playing guitar and mumbling yeah. phonetic sounds of the song. But yeah, you own the music, good. yeah. But then, yeah, it wouldn't have the impact that it does. Yeah. But you could put you, you could walk through your own dance and 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 you have to and you can monetize it by having the advertisements put on it as long as you don't dance it to the music. Yeah, I found that's uh, that's one of the things that kind of holds back line dance in a way from being a, a, a more impressive publicly performable art is that you're always leaning on somebody else's music uh, unless people are both musicians and dancers yeah. like you can't really go to a county fair and say I did this all myself well I know well that would be the perfect situation but you know it's the same it's uh, copyright as far as line dancing goes I mean it's never been proven yet uh, about copy, being able to copyright a line dance, but it would fall under the same thing as um, as choreogra- um, choreographing a ballet. Uh, it's a collection of, of patterns. So you could choreograph that in theory. Nobody's done it yet. So even though they put disclaimers on step sheets of this is, you know, my property and don't change the step sheet, I'm like, all you're telling people is don't do my dance, in other words. You know, so you need to have people teach the dance and do it. It could be copyrightable, but... Um, I like to look at it as that there are a lot of pieces of music that wouldn't be popular if we didn't do a dance to it. So it kind of could go both ways as far as the music goes. Yeah, we need music to do our craft, but at the same time, you know, if uh, there, you know, there, we help a lot of uh, independent artists and uh, and songs that are obscure that would never be noticed if we didn't dance to them. Who have you, uh, in your experience, helped out with that? with exactly that, with your choreography. Well, Scooter Lee is the main one. Right. Um, I used to choreograph a lot of dances for her. Um, but again, she's difficult, you know. Uh, she's one of that believes that, the, you know, the dancers are there to worship her and that they shouldn't even be paid for anything. Oh, wow. And that it's only the singer should be, you know, to get something. That's She's always had that philosophy, and that's fine if you realize that. So, um, but yeah, that's that's her deal. But, um... I've helped Rick, Rick Tippy. Um, I've helped. Uh, oh, oh, did he do Hardwood Stomp? Yeah, yeah. They still do that up in yeah, Sacramento. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So um, I did used to do Camber Clayton. I did Jose Cuervo. It's my one of my dances. So I did stuff for Camber Clayton. I did stuff for Billy Dean, Larry White. Um, so there's a whole group of them. But these independent artists would be like you know Rick Tippy and Scooter Lee, uh, particularly that I helped out. Now you mentioned uh, the the software programmer uh, of Kick It, and that just kind of brings up thoughts of like what's possible to do now with the technology we have. Are there any any uh, predictions you have with line dancing going forward in this modern world, uh, <laughs> and, and the new things that will be possible in the future for line dance? Well, I've been working on uh, line dancing for hoverboards. Right. So. Right. Um, I wrote a how-to guide on that that's on Amazon and on Kick It as well. So um, I wrote step patterns, and it's based on wheelchair line dancing. 
because we have thousands of wheelchair line dances that could be directly adapted for two wheels. So uh, to me, it'll give kids a fun thing to do and maybe get people interested in dancing on two feet, you know, also besides the two wheels. Um, I've heard of, I've, I've talked to people that are developing software for, and apps for, uh, for patterns for a line dance. How so, would that work? Well, so you would be able to, if you wanted to see what a, um, you know, like an app, that, that if you wanted to see what a grapevine was, you would hit that and you'd see a video or someone doing that um, uh, of a grapevine. So you could almost choreograph something together like uh, like Dance Dance Revolution. You could almost add, um, well, there used to be software called Dance Studio where you could put all the moves in there and then it would show you the finished routine with a little animated figure. So there, I know there are different apps in the process of being created right now uh, that'll show off different dance components. Is there anything that you hope would exist in the future that doesn't exist yet? Not with currently available tools anyway? Um, no, just the software I think is the main thing for me uh, that I'd like to see more of. But, um, and just more, more things written down about line dancing. Dancers in general, our history is, an, is um, not a written history, it's an oral history. It's passed down from person to person. So there's very few things written about dancing. I would like in the future to have more things written down, uh, more projects like what you're trying to do now with podcasts, because that's going to be around now forever. Um, that could be referred back to. It's almost like a history project of, of line dancing. We don't have a lot of written history. So I would encourage people, or challenge people to write down their history uh, with their dancing and put it online somewhere, because once it goes online, it's going to be there so that we have our history. There's not, you know, so much of this gets lost. You mentioned the uh, the automatic pattern generator. Yeah. And I've been digging around in my... Aha, I found it. Uh -huh. All right. So in my bag here, just to describe for the folks at home, I have a very basic, uh, low-tech version of this. Uh, it's a choreography kit that uh, I've just kind of made for my own uh -huh. use where I have... Uh, index cards that have oh, cool. eight eight uh, uh -huh. blocks on each one yeah and then on these smaller cards or cut out sections of cards i have oh, okay. one or two beat uh steps yeah so if i just throw down turn and then <laughs> drag for two beats uh, -huh. uh let's see what another one is here you'd have like a you know a chasse bell hop uh, all kinds of different steps uh -huh. and this would be like i said the very low-tech way of just filling in the boxes like a bingo board with steps mm -hmm. and then at the end of it you have probably a horrible dance but <laughs> you can then start to edit from yeah, there yeah and there is i believe a way that uh that you could automate this process uh, and i exactly I, on another page here i have a grid that shows all the different uh well not all the different but many yeah. of the different steps that one could uh could take in line dance so it's uh right. it's got like b3 would be do uh a kick with both legs that would be two beats and then the the app would then go like d3 uh f6 and it would just go boom 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 exactly. two beats at a time yeah, yeah. 16 of those later and you have a 32 count dance well there used to be a program a years of about 10 years ago and it was called Dance Studio. I don't know if you can still get it. But you you know, you know, could program your moves into it like that and then you would see an anime figure do it oh, on a dance floor. And I've had could, this image of, I wish... And yeah. you could choose the background of a country exactly. bar or a disco uh, 
and but the software is called Dance Studio. I have written this yes. like in my notes as oh, it should totally have different venues. Yeah. I can't believe this already exists. Yeah, all right. It, it There's some very exist. clever people in the world. Yeah, like but we need more stuff like studio. that. Well, and what I'd like to see, like with your, you know, is for you to come up with a system to choreograph team dance routines, mm. formations. Mm -hmm. That's what we need: is some sort of tools for formation, so you can make the make the shapes before you actually. You know, sometimes when you're choreographing, you know, like choreographing for all these couples, and I'm trying to keep the shapes in my head, and it's like if I had some little, almost like figures to play around with, or some sort of grid to map the thing out on, it would help me. So I know there's got to be some stuff out there like that. What are some other ways that you think uh, the developments in line dance in the future might make it more interesting or compelling for the mainstream to learn? Why would they want to get into it? Uh, with with the new things that could be happening, what would really help hook them with line dance? Well, what's what's cool about line dance is not just country. You can do all the ballroom rhythms. You can do even hip hop rhythms, and you don't need a partner, and you don't need it to be in a you don't need to be in a situation where you have to have a group of friends even. Yeah. Although as soon as you start dancing, you create a get a lot of friends. Instantly. But it's it's a it's a dance style, and or it's a it's a social pastime as well that where but you don't need a partner. And that's where ballroom dancers get stuck because they can take lessons and take lessons and progress up the levels, but it gets to a certain level that the ladies can't ever find a man to dance with or vice versa. They can't find a partner, so they can't do the stuff they've been learning. With line dancing, you can do any kind of style of dancing that you like, but you don't need a partner. There's no restrictions as far as, I don't need a group of people to do this. And plus, when you get out on the floor, though, there's safety in numbers, and it's just a fun pastime to do. Now, along with that, that, that somewhat brings up um, a, a dark side of line dancing okay. that I'm, ho I'm hoping you can help me with, with your All years right. of experience. There are so many different ways to criticize line dancers, either from strangers doing it to you or from you doing it to yourself. And uh, the, the, the aspect of you know, people doing it as singles could be construed as like, oh, only lonely people line dance, or only oh, yeah. single people do it. And uh, yeah. and right. I'm wondering, what are the ways that you have combated such criticisms in the past, so that somebody who's somebody who's beating themselves up about something they heard, uh, you know, when they tried it, what what could they tell themselves? What can they say, like, oh, you know what, that doesn't actually matter because this. Well. Um it used to matter more than it does today. Um, I think there's more acceptance in it. I, I don't know that that still goes on, but I'm I'm kind of a little more removed from a bar scene. You know, I can see that happening in a bar where you know some redneck guy would say it's like you know they used to like parts of Texas used to call it ugly girl dancing. Wow. Only the girls that were too ugly to get a, a partner would blind dance. You know, we used to hear stuff like that. I, we used to walk past at an event and. Uh, I'd see every vendor with a t-shirt that said line dance sucks on it and practically be spit on by other couples. Wow. And we just ignored it and persevered and it went away. So today most of it, you know, I think has gone away because people, people see, you know, groups of, groups of people having a good time and it, it, it can almost be like a click even, but once you, once you make friends with other dancers, because dancers don't criticize dancers because we all went through the same thing. They did. And so, you know, nobody, you know, they, they never criticize each other. And anybody else are drunks. But the rule <laughs> of etiquette, though, in a bar, if you didn't know, like for ladies, single ladies, 
<clears throat> or even single guys for that matter. If you wanted to pick, if you want to pick somebody up and have a date for that night, you sit at the near the bar. If you want to dance, you sit near the dance floor. So if you're looking for love, you don't sit near the dance floor. That's the rule, a social rule, for a uh, for a bar. Interesting. I never heard that before. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you're looking for a partner or a hookup for the night, don't sit near the dance floor. Never. So because um, it's not going to happen there. Right. Well, wow, that might go into the, the show notes, you know, Max Perry's description, how to get lucky at a bar. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> exactly. That's that's how it works. If you want to get picked up, you sit near the bar. If you want to dance and have fun, you sit near the dance floor. So hopefully, with that in mind, you know, it, it keeps the rednecks a roll at the bar trying to hit on women. <laughs> so the ones that would have something nasty to say about line dancers, you know, all the true dancers are near the dance floor. So you shouldn't run into that problem. The only thing sometimes is that you have to, you know, I've seen lately a, a lacking of dance floor etiquette. So that's something to watch out for. And whether you're at a bar or at an event, you don't walk on the floor with a drink in your hands. That's a no-no. But also, be aware of who's dancing around you. Um, you know, dance, get out of the way if you're not doing the steps. Um, if you have to cross a, a, at a country nightclub, there's a, an outer circle of couples coming around, so try not to interfere with them when you're going to the center of the floor to do your dance. You know, because that's, you know, if you get couples mad at you, then, you know, they're trying to run you over or buzz you on the dance floor and do all kinds of nasty little things that they like to do. So if you can avoid them, uh, just kind of be aware of where you're going on the dance floor when you step out on it. Uh, no drinks. Um, that's probably the main thing. And be, be courteous. If you bump into a dancer, say, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me. Don't just ignore them and keep dancing. If you know you, you know, you know you're at fault. So say something about it and just don't ignore it. Um, if um, I still like the old idea that if you know the beginners stay to the back uh, and then they move up the lines as they get a little more, a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a beginner, don't like get in the front row. That's all the good dancers <laughs> usually doing all the fancy stuff. Or just don't get in people's way. Move off to the side. If you're not sure of the whole dance, you can still kind of move off to the side and not be in somebody's way. Mm -hmm. So and just and just be polite if you accidentally um, hit somebody. So that, that's sort of the main thing. But I see a lack of that at dance events and anywhere else lately. That nobody follows dance etiquette like they used to. Have you ever encountered a worst possible experience where everything was bad? The, the lights, the floor was too sticky, and all <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> it's okay. That's all right. <clears throat> Thank you. Come back later. Okay. See, I had a lot of I had a good class before, and a lot of people enjoyed those dances. So, yeah, so we get interrupted here and there. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, um, but oh yeah, I've been in situations where it's been horrible. I <laughs> well, it's just things happen, you know. I've had you know drinks spilled on the floor where you hit sticky spots, but I've I. I was some. I was in Ireland one time teaching, and they like to party in Ireland. So I was like <laughs> coming to teach the next. Well, <clears throat> we were in the ballroom that night, my, uh, and the DJ was playing the music and everything, and drinking and having a good time. Well, they didn't stop. We went to bed and got up the next morning. I had to teach my class. Same DJ from the night before. Never went to bed. They'd all been partying, oh, and wow. he was drunk, and he kept putting on the wrong song when I was trying to teach or <laughs> hitting the button and stopping it. So it was like horrible. 
but I've been in situations like that where you just have to kind of grin and bear it sometimes. I, I don't know. I tend to sometimes get a diva attitude about it. You know, I'll take it so far, and then I'll get like really upset because uh, I'm trying to do, you know, give my class everything that I can give them, and and when it doesn't go smoothly, it really irritates me sometimes. Yeah, especially when it's out of your hands like that. Like. Yeah, it's totally out of control. I was teaching. Oh, I was teaching one time. That reminds me. Um, I was teaching a class over in England, and we had done a dance, and we had just finished the dance that I had taught, and did the run through, the walk through to the music, and everybody went and sat down at their seats, and the ceiling of the ballroom caved in. Of oh, the entire ballroom crashed to the floor. And so if the people would have been doing that dance a second earlier, they would have been hit by all the ceiling. The oh whole ceiling came down. Ah, it's something. So, yeah. Did they dance in the rubble? No, <laughs> I mean, that stopped it. That ended yeah. it, the dance right there. But it was a workshop. Yeah, we lost the entire ceiling over the ballroom. But we just thank God that they had uh, finished that dance and sat down before that happened. That was lucky. It was amazing. Yeah. So what are the, the kinds of people that you think should be taking uh, more of an interest in line dance? Who do, who do you think would benefit the most from going to workshops and going to the bars? Well, there have been studies done um, of people that are, um, well, I think just about any age, but the mental exercise you get from remembering the step pattern sequences are good for people that um, are getting a little older that might have um, some slight dementia problems. Uh, but the studies have shown, these are medical studies, you can look them up, that uh, line dancing like that can not only um, you know, give you a little bit of exercise, but it can help uh, with a mental exercise to keep you more alert as you get a little bit older. So there are a lot of benefits to it. And it's a milder form of exercise. It tends to exercise more minor muscle groups than the major ones. But um, it's still a matter of keeping the body toned. So people that like exercise or fitness, doing a uh, say five minutes of a samba is equivalent aerobically to doing uh, jogging a mile and a quarter. Wow! This is how it figures out um, um, as uh, exercise-wise. So samba would be the dance if you really wanted exercise. So to do anything with a samba rhythm, <clears throat> or I suppose if it was country, would be a good shotish would would do. So um, as far as that, so aerobically you get fitness. Um, try dancing with your Fitbit and see just see how much it does. So you would be surprised how much you go around the floor, how many steps that is. So, uh, but that that would be one reason. Another reason is if you want to do something to to socialize. If you didn't feel like you had any friends and um, you wanted to do something, but you didn't really necessarily need want to hang out in a bar drinking. I mean, you could go there and dance, <clears throat> and you'd have an instant dance circle, or take a class somewhere, and you'd be surprised how that enlar would enlarge your circle of friends. Dancers are like family. Uh, you go anywhere in the world, and everybody you know treats you the same so I don't think I've ever been treated badly by a, a dancer so yeah, we're a safe group yeah we're pretty safe and and an interesting thing I've never seen anything really um, stolen dancers don't steal from each other so your purses are safe anything's safe you go to you know dancers don't steal from each other <clears throat> so um, it's a good group to be around so socially it has a lot of benefits too as well as physical benefits definitely yeah, we're here at Vegas Dance Explosion. I've left my phone charging in the wall, run out to the dance yeah. floor, and come back. It's come been back, there, still there, untouched. Yeah. yeah. So dancers are basically honest people. So um, there's probably exceptions to everything, but I don't see it ever. Yeah, it's sort of a kind of a 
magical and rare thing when you think about it. Like, you, you walk around on the street and you see all the people on the sidewalk and they look like anybody else. And like anybody who comes here, you're not seeing as many of the hats and the boots and all that. Uh, but like within them, there's like this real, this little nugget of like glowing goodness that I just love about everyone here. I know, I know. <laughs> I've had the best time at this event. I've seen so many students and people I haven't seen in, in several years. So it's been really nice being here. Um, but it's, it's weird, you know, because I, 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 at home it's like, God, I don't know anybody where I live. All my friends are at dance events. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you almost have to travel to, to get around your friends again. But it's nice. It's nice. You'll have to forgive me. I keep, you know, clearing my throat and stuff. But here in Vegas is so dry. And I'm from Florida. I'm used to being really humid. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like coughing and hacking away here. So I hope I haven't been too annoying on to you listening to this. But, um, yeah, so... But that's the Vegas uh, weather for you. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a, it's a bit of a contrast. Yeah. Let's see, there was a there was a question I had. That was, oh, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Anyhow, um, <laughs> the more we talk. <laughs> oh, so all, along the the other the other uh, dark side questions. Oh, in, yeah. in addition to criticisms, uh, is there anything that you fear in regard to line dancing, like the death of the scene itself, or losing your ability to dance, or uh, ostracism, uh, failure? God, I don't know if there's anything to worry about. I'd like to see it continue, but um, I, I think I think one of the biggest problems now is that enough um, new dancers aren't brought into it. So our, a lot of the events, you see the same people everywhere. It's like they're aging. So we don't keep bringing new people in or younger people. Um, it's going to go away eventually because you can't. It's the same group of core dancers can't sustain it. So you have to have other things going on. That's why I try to reinvent myself. I, I'm to the point physically where I'm just I'm doing what I can. I have health problems, and I think that worries me the most is what I'm gonna what am I gonna do when I can't dance anymore? And it's 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 a rapidly approaching. So um, so that bothers me a little bit. That's probably my biggest fear because that's been um, a lot of my identity my whole life is being a dance instructor. So. But I could still lecture, <laughs> so even though I can't dance as much, I could still talk. What would you lecture on? Dance technique, dance history. Do you have any resources like that available for people? A really, really good resource. I used to give this to a lot of the dance majors. They had a term paper to write. There's this um, website called streetswing.com. Okay. Yeah, so it's streetswing.com. Okay. And you go into it, and it went, at first glance, it looks like a uh, website that's set up for swing dancers. But if you look uh, at the headings across the top of the page or down the side, you go into the dance history archives, and you can find the history of any kind of dance rhythm there is, or any kind of dancing. And it tells you where that dance was first danced, what music was ever danced to it. You can look up little headings like great dance disasters of history, like in the 1920s, this ballroom, the floor collapsed while the dancers were on it. You can look up all kinds of history and learn about any type of dancing. Now, granted, our, the line dancing is somewhat limited on there, but if you wanted to know where did a rumba come from, or what the, what's the history on the waltz, or the tango, any of those rhythms, and it'll tell you. So that's probably one of the best resources ever for uh, a dance website. And that was streetswing.com. Streetswing.com, yeah. That's an excellent source. That's probably your be the best one out there. 
As far as the decline of, of line dancing and seeing places close, it seems like it would be a big job to turn it around for any one person, but is there anything that we in the line dance community can do to help improve or strengthen that scene? You know, it's just, it's just, it depends on the individual teacher doing their marketing. There's not going to be the nightclubs scene is always changing, but so that's not going to get it. But it's, it's whoever's teaching in their own town has to bring new people in. So um, I don't know if there's any easy solutions to that. Um, but um, having different people invite friends that they know to come to class. Um, but like I said, it's going to change every 18 to 24 months. You're, you're going to have a turnover of dancers. So if you do. If, you can't just sit back and just think, well, I'm going to, you know, if they show up for class, they show up for class. So you have to sometimes do a little background work to it, make sure they feel welcome, add a personal touch, you know, um, invite people to stuff. But, you know, you have to remember not everybody is a good host. So they're not good at, um, at throwing a party and they're not good hosts. So sometimes they forget to... to tell the students, you know, please come back mm. to something simple as that. And you see that with dance events too. You can tell the ones where they're good hosts and the ones that aren't used to throwing a party. They don't know what the dancers need or what they feel. If even a guest in their own home, you'd think, you know, they probably don't know how to throw a party. But, you know, so, um, but the, yeah, there's no easy solution for that as far as bringing that in. It's just up to up to the individuals marketing it themselves. There's only so much the dance pros can do, and um, you can do your best to try to make sure events are viable and, and advertise dance events. Try to uh, combat the, um, you know, to me the biggest dark side of line dancing is the politics. So, and it still goes on. I can't I can't even teach where I live because um, there's so many nasty dance teachers that you know threaten their students to blacklist them and boycott if they go to another teacher's class. So, um, but there's, st there's still a lot of that politics going on. So, uh, no matter where I live, everybody thinks I'm going to steal all their students, you know, and I, I couldn't be bothered. I'd rather start my own class and train people from scratch than take over somebody's mistakes. Yeah. So I'd rather get somebody and train them my own way than I know they're doing it the right way. So, um, so yeah, I'm not interested in stealing your students at all, trust me. <laughs> in addition to uh, dance floor etiquette and I guess inter-instructor relationship uh, etiquette, um, what other problems do you see in line dance that still need to be solved that just nobody has effectively tackled yet? Um, and what I don't can know. we do to solve that? I don't know, just, you know, I, the biggest problem right now is, is the reason that I started teaching technique, and, and dance events are just now allowing it. They never used to allow you to teach much technique because they said, oh, the students are coming there for the dances, and you have to teach the dance, 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 every dance. And nobody wants to learn technique, so they all think they know better. But um, <laughs> somewhere along the line, to keep this going, you're going to have to freaking learn how to dance. You can't just fake your way through and do a couple of grapevines. Eventually, you're not going to be able to do the dances, and you'll drop out out of frustration. So you, somewhere along the line, you've got to put the work in to learn your foundation. <clears throat> so now, you know, when I've, I've judged some choreography competitions in the last few months, and they've been horrendous. I've never seen such crap in my whole life. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they don't know how to write a step description up. They, they don't know how to call a step. They don't know what a heel jack or a vaudeville is. Even the most simple thing, they don't know what to call it. 
So that's where line dancing has suffered. So now we're having to go back and kind of teach people how to write a step sheet, what is the header for on a step description, uh, and then how to do the steps properly. Is there a guide for that? No, there really isn't. I mean, I've written some, so you can always email me and I'll send you what I have. How um, would people get in contact with you? My, uh, you can go to Kick It. It's probably the best site. And it has, uh, you can type in my name as choreographer, under choreographer and it'll give you my email address. It, I mean, it's danceordie at cox.net and it's on any of my step sheets. Okay. So, um, danceordie at cox.net. You can send me an email and I'll send you the, I have a 17 page article about dance steps and what the, why we do them, what the history of the step is, mm-hmm. and why, how we use them in choreography. And I'd be glad to send it to you. You know, I, I, I like talking about dance technique. Did you do the guide that at the end of it, it has like um, a grid showing like all the different motions that are possible? I actually have one in my binder. Um, um, I'm not sure if it, if it was <clears throat> you. I have done that in the uh, other things. Is in it the past. this one here? That's not mine. Oh. I don't think. Okay, yeah, this one was printed out from Kick It, so I thought. Oh, well, I wrote. Um, I collaborated with Peter. I basically, I invented line dance sport. Line dance sport? Well, That's, well, you know, what have is you that? ever heard of that? I don't think I have. That sounds interesting. Okay, line dance sport. And it was invented with myself and, um, and Peter, Bla- you know, with the help of Peter Blaskowski and, and his wife, uh, Beth Webb at the time. But um, Peter and Beth and myself and, um, you know, we invented line dance sport where is taking all the ballroom dances and converting everything into, into short patterns and school figures. And so to create a line dance, it's almost like your grid system that you put step one with step two with step three and you have an instant line dance. Right. And so that's called line dance sport and that the books and manuals are available on ticket and oh, the I manuals that for that. Time. So we did this more than 10 years ago. And it was like pulling teeth. You thought we were, you know, speaking some other language. Were that, that, but I did do a lot of training sessions with, with people in this. And we trained instructors on how to do line dance sport. And it was our goal eventually that, say, for competition, if you wanted to do a competition dance, you do step one, step three, step five. And that's our competition dance today. None, none of this, you know, you have to do a, you know, boot scoot and boogie. You just, you know, we're going to do the foxtrot, we're going to do the waltz, we're going to do all the ballroom dances with the ballroom technique. And so all the steps are designed to fit together. Uh, and there's no man or ladies parts, but it, it's all ballroom dancing. And it also can have a system of competition. And so that, that was developed 10 years ago and they, they sell the manuals. We have bronze, silver and gold, just like ballroom, it parallels ballroom. Now in the years since then, now um, some other groups, UCWDC decided to copy that. And there's a group in in, um, in Asia that's copying that too. So now you'll see line dance sport being advertised. It's not the original; it's the copy. So, but if you ever want to see the original, go on to Kick It. There's videos and every, instructional videos for everything. Also, there's DVDs out for all of the dances. Now you say you that this was created ten years ago, and this yeah. this is the first I've heard of it. Uh, what what else do you think that we're just not discussing enough in line dance so that uh, information like that isn't going around? Um, I don't know. We should discuss that, you know. I, I, I don't know what the answer is because um, there's a lot of line dancers that they want everything given to them. They don't want to pay for anything. So the instant you try to say, I need to charge like five bucks for this, then 
they'll just ignore it and go off and do something else. So, uh, you know, and I, you know, it's like, folks, I did this for a living. You know, it's like I should have the right to, to make a couple of bucks here and there on something. Hey, you time know, is I, something. I trained for this. I put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to learn to be a dance instructor. And it's, it is a legitimate career. And so it's like, don't threaten to never do my dances again because I happened to go to a website and did a couple of videos for them that they're selling for 50 cents. You know, because uh, you never saw such an uproar. A couple year, few years ago, there was a, somebody trying to do a website where they were selling videos and you never saw the uproar that it caused. Oh no, we're supposed to just give everything away and develop everything and, and give it away. So they probably didn't learn about line dance sport because they didn't want to because it might have cost a couple of dollars. Ah. So, and, and I'm not the only one that says this, but we all know, line dancers are notoriously cheap. It just comes with the territory. We drink water. Yeah, yeah we drink water, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's just a fact of life, you know. Yeah. That's changed a little bit over the years. I don't, you don't mean to sound nasty about it, but it's just a fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that's the way we are. <laughs> so, so it's, it's trying to come up with clever ways to, to maybe make a couple of dollars here and there, but not charge too much. Mm-hmm. To make it reasonable. And, uh, and then people would do it. But I think in the past, some of these things, the prices have been a little bit out of line and they didn't want to pay for them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because if they can figure it out the step sheet, they don't need to buy the video. So, um, so you tend to have dances that are maybe a little more complicated at dance events than they, they would be in a, in a nightclub situation or a class situation. And you might also have people who take the step sheet, record themselves doing it, and then give that away for free. Yeah, yeah, people yeah you've got all kinds of stuff like that. But, you know, hey, it, it, it is what it is. Well, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. I, all I can do is complain about it, but um, uh, I'm done with that. I just get mad that, you know, every once in a while I try to do something, you know, I've tried to do something, and um, and people just go into such, have such a fit about it. Oh, I'm never doing your dance again. I'm like, fine, don't do whatever again. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting paid now as it is anyway. So you might as well not do it if you're going to have that attitude. So, is there anything that we should be discussing more with the mainstream to develop that relationship? Um, with the mainstream, no, it's going to go till it burns itself out. You know, so to me, I I really can't stand the hip hop style that's going on, and there's a new dance every week, and I was like, yeah, just keep doing your thing, and you get bunches of dancers up there, and they look like hell doing it. I don't see. I don't think I've ever seen one class be able to do, you know, they can't do body rolls, they can't do half the stuff, you know, they get through the dance steps and that's about it. So, but that's going to burn itself out. It's going to go a couple more years and then it's going to be a different trend. Really? But every year we see a different trend. For a while all the dances had to be nightclubs and now everything has to be a Viennese waltz or it has to be some hip hoppy thing with rap and music in it. You know, so, and I could name off a handful of choreographers, but I'm not going to name names. But that's all they do. And it just really gets old after a while. They're going to find that um, they're going to need, the, the most successful uh, instructors are the ones that, that have a variety. They, they, they choreograph for beginners and intermediate and advanced. They choreograph for everybody's taste, not just one particular style. Uh, a good example of that is Rachel McEnany. You know, she'll do a, she'll do a, a, a an easy little country dance, and then she'll do the most, you know, you know, the most unbelievable like hip hop kind of thing in, in the next breath. So she's very versatile, and I think that's the key that anybody that wants to be a like a traveling dance consultant or professional, you have to 
you have to know your audience. You have to have a variety of tools at your disposal so that um, you you can adapt to just about any situation that comes up. You don't know what you know. You might be asked to do an event that's all country, or all, you know, all very traditional, or an event that's all hip hop. So you have to kind of have some things ready to to, to do both. You mentioned much earlier that uh, that people, as good hosts, should be asking just the simple thing of you know come back. And uh, websites use that same strategy where they have what's called the action button or the call to action, so that yeah, yeah. here's all this great free content. But uh, let me just put this bright red button here that says subscribe to our newsletter, buy our product, like some kind of verb. And uh, I was wondering if you had a, an action button for the listener, what would you ask the the, uh, the folks who are listening to this right now? What what ask or what request would you have for them? But anything at all. Anything at all. Um, I, God, I don't know. I don't know what I would say. Call to action um, is uh, don't just be a listener. Be a you know be a doer. Get up and do. So uh, I, I think that would be. I think listening is one thing, but um, put, put the words in, in, into actions and, um, and try it out. I don't know that I have any other call to action other than uh, try to do it. Just do it. Uh, make sure that you, um, you invite people to come to your classes. I, I, I don't know what else I'll say about it. Uh, just, just try it. If there's anything, if you would like, uh, just give them some nuggets of advice, like things they should really be doing because it would help them out? Um, go over basics. I know you know how to, you know, do somersaults on the dance floor and everything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and but you, I... You're saying you in the general sense. In the general sense. Right, okay. Well, I used to, even when I was like, I competing and stuff. I definitely don't know how to do that. When <laughs> I had, like, when I had, uh, you know, to go to my coaches and, and I'd prepare a whole routine and everything to show them. No and I'd say, you, <laughs> you know, I'd say, here... Um, let me show you my routine that I choreographed. And I'd, I would do like one step into it and they'd say, stop. I'm like, why did you stop me? Because like, you haven't seen the best part of my choreography yet. And they go, I don't have to eat the whole bushel to know there's a bad apple in there. So you always have to go back to basics. And the most, and the, the, the biggest professionals, even the, the big ballroom dancers you see, when they work on stuff, they don't work on their whole fancy routine every time. They go back to, how can I make this cha-cha basic look better? So that, to me, that would be the key thing is take what you're doing and take an easy um, basic pattern, like a basic cha-cha, a basic box step, even practicing simple side steps. Um, that's a, probably the biggest problem is people don't know how to align their feet. When you take a side step and bring your feet together, they don't know. I was teaching a class here in the beginner level, uh, high beginners supposedly, and they didn't know that when you closed your feet, a natural weight exchange occurred. And so it does... They weren't doing it. So they would bring their feet together and they couldn't change feet. Wow. And this is a class that a high beginner level is someone that should be, have been dancing for about a year. So, um, so you, it shows right there that there's wrong things going on in the class itself. But how to make yourself look better on the dance floor is try to adjust your, like on your side steps, are your toes evenly matched? Take a step to the side without looking down. Then look down and see how even your toes are with each other. And you'll be surprised what you think you're taking a side step is really a diagonal forward or a diagonal backward step. And so it's, it's those basic simple concepts that, because so many people are working too hard 
like to negotiate turns or to move on the dance floor because they're faking their way through it, it's making it so much harder than it needs to be. When you know the technique is the easiest thing in the world to dance. You don't have to sweat as much as you're doing to get through it, but take something simple and see how accurate you can make it. And that would be um, if I had to work on something to, to look better when I danced. Um, yeah, I would, uh, that would be the number one pointer. Is to, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of some other, other things that would be good. If it's a Latin or a rhythm dance, let your feet turn out slightly. Let the knees relax a little bit. Um, but just the action of turning the feet out slightly lets the knees work. If you're trying to be accurate and take a step to the side and have my toe, have your toes pointing forward, that tends to make you lock your legs. And it creates a stiffness or a stiff look in your dancing. Just keep in mind that rhythm and Latin dance rhythms are the dances are interpreted through the actions of the body, not the actions of the feet. Those patterns are secondary. In a waltz, in a foxtrot, in a two-step, yes, the dance is portrayed through the actions of the feet, not the body. So the body can have a taller stance. That's why you see a tall ballroom kind of stance. Right. Or even in a two-step, it's a tall look. It's stiff and tall. In a Latin and rhythm dance, you're down into the ground. It's earthier. You're dancing down into the floor. You have the knees relaxed. So if you're dancing with your toes pointing forward, you can't let the knees can't relax, and you look like you know Frankenstein trying to dance. So you need to turn the toes out a little bit, and, and let, that'll allow the knees to relax, and you start to develop a fluid style in your dancing. So those are the basic things to work on: work on basic patterns and foot alignment. Um, check your side steps and turn your feet out, and those those would uh, let you improve the most. Now, I mean, you've gained this expertise over over years and lots of investment of time, and uh, and yeah. you mentioned that that line dancers are notoriously cheap. But I'm assuming you've also put some money into this. What have you splurged the most on for the sake of line dance? Oh, um, God, I don't know. Uh, splurged the most. Um, I don't know. Um, I well, you know, I was. Buying tons of music, mm. <laughs> you know, is a big part. I used to spend tons on airfare to go to Europe to spread line dancing around. I didn't always get, you know, places don't always pay the airfare. Sometimes you have you do the airfare to get over to Europe or, or someplace like that, and you have to hopefully have enough teaching gigs that you'll make up enough money to cover those expenses. But it doesn't always happen. So sometimes there's a sacrifice there of, uh, of you know, expenses um, to to help spread it around. A website, you know, that was a lot of expense. I used to pay, uh, and and advertising, you know, uh, to do it at, at the level, I used to pay a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month for for ads in Light Dance Magazine. For a couple of years, they did that. I couldn't afford it, and after you know, after a certain time, but um, but yeah, there was there's a lot of things that people don't realize that what you had to do. Um, I had to fly. I flew to South Korea one time. A lot of people don't know this about me, but um, I did a presentation for the Olympic Committee in South Korea uh, more than ten years ago uh, about and and dance educators from South Korea to, to put line dance programs in the universities there. So, um, so um, I was the first American in, uh, dance instructor in Estonia after the uh, Iron Curtain fell. Wow! So. Um, 
<laughs> so uh, I, I've been around a lot promoting line dances and, and line dancing, and that's that's probably one of the biggest things people don't know about me. So because um, some of that stuff is behind the scenes, they never hear about it. Okay. Uh couple uh, last questions here because I want to be sure you get to, to dinner and all that and get a break in. Yeah, well, I've got a um, rehearsal for the medieval oh, show in about 30 minutes, so. Okay, uh, well, uh, one of the questions was that, uh, that that one question that kind of jumped out of my mind uh, and I wasn't uh -huh. sure what it was. Um, it was regarding the shotish. Do you know a DJ named uh, Skip Stecker of California around the San, um, Santa Barbara area, maybe LA? Uh, the name doesn't ring a bell to me right now. I, he's been in a little, he, he's been in it for a while and uh, when I visited uh, him at Blind Tiger in Santa Barbara over the summer, uh -huh. I asked him what dance should be brought back, and uh, he said that the shotish was one of his favorites. Oh yeah, I used to love doing a good shotish. Oh man, it's nothing better. I mean, it's a pattern. It's a pattern partner dance. But there are actually people don't know that there's. Well, I, maybe you did if you danced shotish back then. But there are actual step patterns you can do. It's not just one uh, basic like Cotton Eye Joe is. Well, Cotton Eye Joe has patterns, too, that people probably don't know. Uh, but yeah, Shottish. I used to love doing a Shottish. So. And then I guess my last question, still related to, to dance, is uh, what dance should everyone go out and learn right now? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, there's a million dances out there. I mean... <laughs> I mean, two thousand, you know, a couple thousand a month that show up on Kick It, but uh, I don't know. I really don't have one in mind. I mean, I could be vain and mention one of my dances, but <laughs> but I, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I see. I don't even know. I mean, is Girl Crush still popular? I mean, I see it danced all the time. Uh, I can actually count how many times it's been played today. There's uh, one. They play it like several times a day. I would uh, say that should be one you probably learn. There's one over here that's two. Yeah, it's been at least three or four today. Yeah. And then yesterday, the day before that. Yeah. So I'm seeing that a lot lately. Yeah. So. A beautiful, what is it? Beautiful Goodbye has been at least three or four as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it uh, looks like you have somebody in line to, okay. to say hi. So uh, I want well, to thank you again for coming on the show. It was really good talking to and, you. Yeah, and, and you as well. Anybody's welcome to drop me a line sometime. All and right. if you have a question, I love talking dance technique. I'll answer it. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, Kick It that they could find you at? Uh, no, you Kick It, you can find my uh, email address, up. but it's dance or die at dance or die at Cox. But I usually keep my uh, information updated on Kick It. Great. So. Okay, well, thank you again. You're welcome. And uh, maybe we'll get you for round two one of these days. We'll see you on the dance floor.